The Guardians whoop up on the Twins in the series finale in Cleveland. That's a wrap on these head-to-head matchups. Cleveland wins. Again, they take four out of five from the Twins. Let's break this one down on today's Locked On Twins postcast. You are Locked On Twins postcast, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, your team every day. And welcome to another edition of our Locked On Twins postcast. Today is Monday, September 19th. I'm the host of Locked On Twins, Nash Walker, here with writer and reporter at Access Twins, Mr. Brandon Warren. Before we get started, has getting older changed your body? Maybe you're getting a bit of a dad bod, feeling a little less like your old self. You don't have time to work out, but you wanted the energy and body you once had while you discovered Nugenics and you felt revived, working out like you used to. Get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text MLB to 231231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast. Absolutely free. Text MLB to 231231. That's MLB to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply. Available at Nugenics.com slash terms. Brandon, Cleveland uh, whoops up on the Twins a little bit here in the series finale. What's your takeaway? I What I don't understand is why Jorge Lopez was ready to go in for the sixth inning with the team trailing by one. Doesn't give up. Uh, Enriquez making his big league debut gives up a three-run homer, and then all of a sudden Lopez is good to go in the eighth. I That one baffles me. I've, I've made a lot of comments about how it's hard to manage a bullpen and how there's a lot of uh, intricacies about that. But man, I mean to tell you, this just was not not what I expected at all. Nick Gordon hit another big home run today. And we've had some young players, young position players, have have really solid years. Miranda Gordon, of course, Luisa Rise, guys, uh, hopefully you can build around in the future. Has your view of Gordon changed, Brandon, as far as his role on this team? Because I think for next year, I view him as like the opening day left fielder if they're facing a righty. Yeah, I I see him as a super utility guy. And then the question becomes how super if he can't play short. If he can play short, that puts him in kind of a very special category. And you still have super utility guys who don't play short. Like Ben Zobrist, if he played short, wasn't that much. Marwin Gonzalez really didn't play short at his peak. Perfectly valuable, useful players that either – um, were twins or were with Tampa Bay or were with Rocco Baldelli, any combination of those. So I think that a role like that would be very beneficial. And yeah, probably starting in left field against a righty if there's, um, you know, any reason that Trevor Larnick or Alex Kirloff isn't available or maybe one of them's playing first because Miranda's playing third, any number of reasons. But yeah, Nick Gordon is firmly the top option off the bench for me. And the the way things work with injuries, I mean that that would probably mean playing 140 games a season, and if he hits like this, I have no problem with that. Speaking of injuries, Sonny Gray left with uh, right hamstring tightness, I believe was the official word on Sonny Gray. Hopefully, he's okay. It's been a problem throughout the season for him. He's been on, he was on and off the injury list to start the year, 
and he remember he got off to that slow. He was not ramped ramped up and ready to go. That's why he didn't start on opening day. And then he had the hammy and he had uh, the the peck and now the hammy again. He's got tightness. It's uh it's been a little bit of a struggle with that hamstring this year. You mentioned Jorge Lopez, Brandon came in and I think had his worst outing of the season for the Twins. Probably his worst outing of the year overall. Uh, in that in that uh, that eighth inning, it was it was really ugly, and I think it kind of culminates his overall numbers, which are are not pretty since he came over. Right, and I think you got to go back. I I've seen some people talking about the Twins tweaking his pitch mix, and if they did, I don't really understand that. But at the same time, this shows the volatility of why teams don't usually like to trade a bunch of prospects or young players for a reliever because in a small sample size of just a couple months, a good reliever can have a bad two months, a bad reliever can have a good two months. I mean, look at Joe Smith to start the season. He was pretty solid for the first month plus and eventually was DFA'd. Tyler Duffy had moments this year. So that's one thing that fans may not take into account is, you know, this is his, maybe this is his tough stretch of the season. Hopefully it's not indicative of something else in the Twins bought at the height of the Jorge Lopez market, so to speak. But again, I just, I I can't emphasize enough that I don't understand why he was brought in when he was, because in the instance of uh, Enriquez, he was allowed to face Ahmed Rosario, Stephen Kwan going, you know, going backwards through the order. Um, You know, it was basically the top of a a very decent order at the top. And he was allowed to face them. That would have been a good time for me to bring in Lopez, if uh, if you're asking me. Maybe it's a good time to go bet on the Minnesota Vikings tonight. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is where the game starts. Head over to BetOnline on their website, BetOnline.net. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Again, bet online is where the game starts in Skull Vikes on Monday night. The, Brandon Warren, yes, go ahead. The trick is to vet, bet against the Vikings because if they win, you're happy, and if they lose, you're happy. Yes, people have uh, have used that strategy in the past, and somehow you, you come out, you still come out sad in, yep. in some way, right? You either yep. lost or they won, or I, I always like to double down, and then it's or they tie. Down. Or they tie, yeah. They oh. lose both. That's that's uh, that's ugly. The Twins are seven games back after this series. They lost four out of five, and and we kind of said after the doubleheader that was it, um, essentially. But they lost four out of five here, and I think you can officially put put that nail in the coffin on on this season. What what are some reasons, Brandon, for twenty twenty three? You know, I think it's going to be hard. I do think it's going to be hard for people to get excited about the team next year. Maybe that's right now that's the case, and it'll get better as we get closer and into the offseason. They have 15 games left. But, you know, why is why should there be some optimism for 2023 in your mind? Or do you, do you see little reason for optimism? Well, I think for most fans, it's a fool me once in 2021, a fool me twice this year, which the fool me twice this season didn't come right away. I don't think anybody had – extremely high expectations and then they played fairly decent baseball for a couple of months so it's going to be a slow burn to get people back but let's just see how much heartbreak comes at the end of the viking season because i know right now twins fans are eager to watch the vikings tonight that script might be flipped next winter at the end you know if it's playoffs or whatever but um for me when i look at this roster getting healthy and if you can get 90% of it healthy, that's the, maybe the best roster in the AL Central. But 
it comes back on some, the, the best roster doesn't always matter. The best roster back in the day, I mean, the twins in 2002, I keep coming back to that 2002 twins team, the one that beat the Moneyball A's, not only in the playoffs, but I believe uh, got their win streak, ended their win streak too. I think it was 22 games or something like that. There are teams that are bigger than the sum of their parts, and that's Cleveland right now. That was the Twins back then, twenty years ago. They they need the Twins need to find that it factor, and right now that it factor is missing when they're letting things snowball on them, like they did in the eighth inning today. They had that terrible game when Dylan Cease almost no hit them, in which they used two position players in the eighth inning um, to pitch, and so there's just too, too much of an unravel factor to the point where. Um, you know, I'm curious to see what they do at the pitching coach position position this off season, because based on results, uh, you know, the, the Pete Mackey situation has not been very strong and you can blame the, the way the team was built, but then that falls on the front office. Uh, I also think too, another year like this would maybe get the seat under Rocco a little bit, uh, spicy too. So there's going to be some urgency, I'm not sure about the front office. If they're in any kind of danger, I get the sense that probably not. The Twins are a pretty stable organization and have been for a long time. But it's going to be an offseason where they have to move with some urgency. And what's nice is there are some free agents in their price range who should be able to help them do that. Well, in reality, this is year six. You know, they're going to be going into year seven, and the average lifespan for a front office is like five. Usually yep. it's about five, five or six years. So they're going into year seven. They're 0 and 6 in the playoffs. This is two now seasons in a row where they're going to miss the playoffs. And I agree with you. Like, this is now an offseason where, to me, the, the benefit of the doubt they had after 19 and 20 and at, for 2021, that's kind of slipped away from me. Now it's okay. This team needs to get back on track. For me, the one thing that I see is the pitching pipeline starting to open up with Louis Varlin, Josh Winder, and hopefully Simeon Woods Richardson sometime early next season. But that's right now, that's kind of the the one positive you can kind of see from this group. But I think a young, talented position player core supplemented by, like I said, Xander Bogarts, or even just keeping Carlos Correa. And I mentioned this on Twitter today too. If you can get Bogarts plus a pitcher for the price it would cost to keep Correa, you have to think about that too. But being in heading into season seven with this front office, seven or eight, I'm trying to remember. Um, I think it's, I think you're right. I think it's seven. Um, you know, you'd hope the pitching pipeline would have opened a little faster. Granted, pandemic in 2020 really interrupted a lot of that. Um, then two injuries to Blaine Enloe, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, it's going to be a big pivotal season coming up here. And from this point on to end the season, you got to see how some of these guys who are playing for their futures in the organization play. Brandon, thank you so much. Thanks everybody for watching as always very disappointing series in Cleveland for the twins. And, uh, that is a wrap as we've said on the season. And, uh, we'll be here though, because we are committed to you, our listeners at lockdown sports, Minnesota, Brandon, thank you again. We'll talk soon.